What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Moto. You you almost said the Moto Fam. Yikes! You need to get off social media, my guy. Uh, (laughs) Moto Fam. (laughs) I'm gonna leave that in there just for Pierre. (laughs) What's up, guys? Welcome back to the D Class Podcast. We got Colin from Roost Goggles on. What's up, dude? Hey, how's it going, guys? Doing good. Just hanging out. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean. My my voice is kind of shot a little bit. We we had a little bit of a um a, we had a birthday party last night, so my voice is like a little bit deeper than it normally is, which is fine. I'm okay with that. <laughs> um. So so yeah. So we got linked up with you through Pierre. How do you know him? So he's uh, he's local to the Phoenix area. Um. And it's kind of a funny story because he picked up our goggles at our local dealership or at, at a local dealership, um, and did a review video. And just DM'd me on Instagram and was like, Hey, I just want to let you know, love the goggles. And here's the video it's live. Hmm. Um, and, uh, he really liked them. And so I reached out and I had a bunch of questions, um, as far as like his sales process and like what the dealership told him and just kind of like how, how we fell into it. Uh, cause it was actually one of our newest, newest dealers that have just come on board. Um, and immediately, like, I mean, you guys, I watched the podcast that you guys had with him, like we immediately hit it off and talked for like an hour and a half on the phone, uh, just about all of just moto stuff. So, yeah, yeah. um, so yeah, we've been working together on a few like collaborations and stuff. Um, and we're like, we're so close to each other that we see each other at the track and stuff all the time. Oh, wow. Um, and we're trying to collab on a few other things with some other companies that we're trying to partner with. Um, so he's just a cool moto dude that we just kind of randomly found each other. So yeah. Sweet. That's awesome. Well, cool. Uh, also, j- just before we get into it, I just want to go ahead and put out there: this is not like a sponsored podcast or anything. <laughs> Roos Ru- didn't like pay anything to be on here. We're just like Pierre was like, "Yo, this guy Colin's fun to talk to. Y'all should talk to him for a little bit." Yeah. So uh, anyway, with, with that being said, so like, how long ago did you start this company? So I originally started um, actually my own shop actually uh, here in Arizona back in the like early 2016, um, just doing service, but my long-term goal was to stay in the industry and have a product that kept me in the industry. But I mean, in the service industry, it's not something scalable or something that you can like build and then retire out of, um, you know, being based off of, you know, your actual individual labor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my partner and I um, just were looking at different, different things that we wanted to get into. And I've always been passionate about like sunglasses and goggles. Like I raced when I was younger and that was like, Oh, like, literally everything could be completely clapped out. But if you had nice goggles, like I felt like I was, you know, (laughs) Um, well, that was just something I was super passionate about. And so uh, like early 2017, we started like R and D and different prototypes and different styles and stuff like that. Um, And then about two years ago, we like hit the market full um, with, with, without to the public and, and with our the model that we currently have, we've made some changes and stuff, but um, we've been out to the public for a couple of years now. Cool. Dang. That's sweet. So you had a, a passion for like sunglasses and goggles just because like, like growing up or like that was just, um, like you said, like if you had some cool goggles or sunglasses, or whatever you were. Yeah. So I like, I never took care of them. That was the problem. So mm. I never could justify like <laughs> spending, spending yeah. you know, money on Oakley's or, you know, or Oakley sunglasses or, you know, uh, anything, anything really. And then it's kind of funny cause I ended up marrying, an optician. Um, <laughs> and so my wife's an optician and she worked for the same company that owns Oakley. Oh, and wow. So, <laughs> like as soon as we got married, she was like, you gotta, you gotta get nice glasses. What do you want? And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, no, no. Like 
I was running like $20, like Walmart specials. And she's like, no, 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 let me get you like nice glasses. And I like, I couldn't look back. Like I, once I, once I started like having nice sunglasses, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I couldn't go cheap again. Yeah. The rest um, is history. And then as far as goggle go, goggles go, like once I won't say the brand, but once my favorite brand was priced out of my price range, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. but like, I know I can do something like just as good, yeah. you know, and not be at that, you know, that higher price point. Cause I, like, I understand, like, obviously having my own brand, like I understand what, what goes into R and D and advertising and what you're paying for, brand, like what the customer pays for brand, you know, the brand recognition and that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah. So just with like not being, or not wanting to justify the cost of sunglasses when I was, you know, 10 years old mm-hmm. has turned into my own goggle company as an adult now. So that is huh. awesome. Man. That's cool. I love that vision, you know, having something like that as a kid and then growing up and being able to do something about it. Um, really reminds me of when Connor, when Connor and I first met, he's like, dude, I ride dirt bikes. And then we instantly hit it off, um, having dirt bikes. And it's like, wait a second, I can buy a dirt bike. I'm an adult now. Like <laughs> I don't have to ask my parents permission, you know, to go buy like that kind of stuff. And I just thought that was really funny. Uh, that's, that's what I connected in my head with like, Oh, I'm an adult now. Like, and then you started your own company. So, um, well, yeah. And it's cool too, to see, like, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of brands out there that like, there's like, I just started this cause I wanted to make money. Mm-hmm. And like, you can tell, I mean, even from the, the six minutes and 30 seconds we've been on the call, you can tell that it's something like you like are passionate about. So that's cool. Yeah. But I also like, I definitely feel you on like the whole, like, once you get one nice pair of sunglasses. Yeah. So I was like the same way, like growing up, I just had like some cheapo Walmart pair. <laughs> and then it was actually, so in high school, I, uh, I was supposed to be wearing contacts, but I didn't wear them. But my, our insurance gave us like $300 a year or something to spend on like basically like eye protection and eye, like eyewear. It's supposed to be spent on contacts, yeah. but mm-hmm. I never wore them. So maybe, I don't even know if I'm supposed to be saying this, but <laughs> the the doctor is like, well, you have this like $300 credit. <laughs> Your doctor. Like, he was like, we sell sunglasses in the lobby. If you, you can use them on that, if you want, I was like, oh, sweet. So I got this like super nice pair of Costas. Um, and since then, I mean, I fish a lot. So like Costas are kind of like the, I mean, the, honestly, the cool kind of honestly, sunglasses. Like, yeah. <laughs> every, every brand at this point, like people, a lot of people in the fishing industry, like argue about one yeah. brand versus the other. They're all super solid. I, I like the Costas just because they, they look good and, um, they're the first pair that I bought and I have no reason to change, but yeah, like now, like if I, like I have a few pairs of like cheap sunglasses in my car just in case I like forget my sunglasses mm-hmm. and like every time I have to wear them, I'm like, what <laughs> am I, it. what am I looking through? Oh yeah. So, like, so kind of like moving that into goggles, like. I don't really know the answer to this at all. Like what goes into like, I'm assuming that yeah. there's some sort of technology that goes into a goggle lens, similarly to a sunglass lens. Um, so like, I guess kind of walk us through that. Yeah. So it, unless, unless, unless you're getting into like the high end lens with like, Oh, like, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say other brands on a, public forum like this but yeah, say it's, the company that has the big o yeah um, their, prism <laughs> lens, their, their prism lens like that that has a lot of technology and r&d 
Um, and I think that, I mean, that's why the cost is, you know, as high as it is. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think there's a a lot of brands that are kind of in that mid range, which we would be included in that where there's kind of what I would call is like the industry standard. So it's a polycarbonate anti-scratch, uh, impact resistant. Um, and then you can get into like flat lens and pre-curved lens for distortion. It's stuff like that. Um, but that's all stuff that we basically offer to try to give a different price point per se, uh, depending mm-hmm. on it. Like originally we were offering flat and pre-curved lenses, um, just to give mm-hmm. people if they really wanted to have a pre-curved lens for less distortion. Um, but really I think it comes down to like the price point of what people want to spend. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is like, we see so many of our riders that literally go out in one moto and then come back and throw their goggles down. And it's like, and then they use their glove and like clean yeah. it off and like destroy. It's like, at that point, I'm like, just buy the cheaper, like we, we've got an inexpensive, like it still meets like our, our stand, what we would call our standard of, mm-hmm. you know, anti-scratch, uh, UV resistant, uh, impact resistant polycarbonate. Um, but to kind of go back to what you said, like there are a lot of different versions. We're, we're not, we're not R&Ding like up into like the prism lens type of, um, type of uh, cl- clientele or customer base, mm-hmm. um, mainly because we're, we're super passionate about like the hardcore moto, like privateer mm-hmm. and like, and supporting those guys. Mm-hmm. And if they can, in my opinion, if they can save a tank of gas and still have a good quality pair of goggles and get to the neck, help them get to the next race. Like that's what I'm here for. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, man. I like that a lot. That's cool. Yeah. So I've got a pair of, I'll, I'll say the brand new, I have a pair of Oakley's and honestly, I don't really like them. Um, they're like 10 years old. Well, I, no, they, I bought them, <laughs> I bought them brand new about a year ago. They were on like clearance. Okay. So they were like 60 bucks. I think they were originally like 120. So I was like, Oh, these are obviously good goggles cause they were mm-hmm. expensive. I guess that was not the case because <laughs> I don't know if they're like, honestly, I don't really know much about them. They, they must not be pre-curved or something. Cause there are so many like waves. It in. almost looks like there's like two pieces of plastic in there and like, it kind of messes yeah. with my eyes sometimes while I'm riding. Um, yeah, that that's called refraction. And so if, if depending on the material, if there actually is like space in the lens itself, it can mm-hmm. cause like light to refract from one surface to the other, like not in a straight line. And so mm-hmm. you're seeing where it's not coming through in a straight line, okay. um, which is pretty common depending on the material, on the material. And then you can get into like the, t- like tear offs too. Like you stack up like non laminated stacks, like you can get a lot of refraction and stuff depending mm-hmm. on the quality of the lens and stuff like that. Yeah. Gotcha. That makes sense. Well, I guess this is like a low quality lens that I've got. <laughs> it, it looks, it looks cool. It's like the mirror. That, that's the reason I bought them. So they were the cheapest ones that had like the cool mirror look. Oh man. And I was like, Oh, I got to look the part. So I bought those. <laughs> Poser. <laughs> they look cool from the outside, but from the inside, not. From yeah, the no, I, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and that's, that's the funny thing too, is like, that's what you're, 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 what you're bringing up is a perfect example. Like everyone has an opinion mm-hmm. and and so like when I first started out, I had a lot of people that were like, oh, this is the worst industry to get into. Like, it's so saturated. There's so many other brands out there. And, and through t- like over time, like I've realized that there's so many different people out there that mm-hmm. there's so many different preferences on color, style, fitment, um, you know, even just down to like brand, like people just brand loyalty. Like I, I've got to have this brand because that's what I want, yeah. you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So you know, there's, there's, you know, there's a butt for every seat and a pair of 
uh, you know, eyes for every pair of goggles for every set of eyes, you know, absolutely. And yeah. so it just doesn't, you know, it may not just be the right fit for you, you know? So, yeah. So I do, I mean, I'm kind of curious to like, what is your, your product line? Like what is, what, I mean, it either separates you from, um, like your competitors and also what is, uh, I guess the qualities that like went into engineering this kind of stuff. Yeah. So we partnered with, with our manufacturer, um, to be able to design or customize them as much as possible. Um, but we basically have put every feature that we believe every rider should have. And, and that's really what makes us different. I mean, we use quality products. We have triple layer foam. We've got, uh, out, right out of the box, all of our goggles include a impact resistant mirror lens, hmm. um, the widest possible strap on the market. Uh, with silicone, we have a removal nose guard, we have a rigor system. Like we literally have everything that everyone else has. Mm -hmm. And that's the question I get all the time is like, what makes your product different? And I don't think the answer is actually the product per se, but it's our, it's our mission and it's our drive. So Mm. we, I believe whether you pay $20 or $200 for a pair of goggles, that you should get all the features that everyone deserves to have. Mm -hmm. I, I can't stand being at the track and seeing someone that's like, bought a different brand, even on closeout, and they spent, you know, $35, but it's like single double layer foam or, you know, a really, really crappy strap or like mm-hmm. the fitment is, is like, people don't understand the r- reason for a rigor system, which is to recess the foam further into the helmet to give you a better fitment. And I see so many times, like it's a bad helmet combo or helmet goggle combo, or someone's in the wrong size helmet. Mm-hmm. And the, so the goggles are like sticking way out and you can see like, their skin all the way around. Like, Mm -hmm. so I just, I, I, we believe at roost that everyone should be afforded all those features and kind of to go back to the, like the privateer aspect, like we're so passionate about moto that we want everyone to wear our goggles, to wear them and come back and say, there's nothing you can do to make these better. And that's like, that's our, that's our goal. Cool. So what are, what are the different, like you said, you have a couple different lines, right? Well, so we, we got rid of our original line, um, because it didn't, it was more of a, we called it kind of our weekend warrior. Um, it was just a very basic system, no nose guard, no, uh, no rigor system. Um, and so we put all of our, uh, kind of our, our focus on our reckoning frame, which is our, which is what we offer currently. Um, but that has the removable nose guard, the rigor system, uh, the silicone strap, uh, and they all come with a, a mirror tinted uh, lens, uh, anti-scratch, anti-impact um, lens. Um, so that's the feat. And then we're working on accessories as well. So like that's one thing that we don't want to just have just a pair of goggles or even multiple lines of goggles without having other other uh, accessories or other items. So mm-hmm. we're, we're launching goggle cases uh, here in the, in the near future. Uh, we've got new colors coming up next month. Um, and then... Uh, we're also working on some other lens options. Um, we're R and Ding some roll offs right now. So like, we're, we're really just trying to like cover everyone's needs, mm-hmm. uh, within the motor industry, as far as, uh, instead of having like so many different frame options, because once you buy that frame option, like that's what you're going to have, or that's what you're going to yeah. use. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we want to be able to provide, you know, a product to the, that particular customer or that rider, but for all of their needs. Gotcha. So, so what's the retail price on those goggles? So retail, like if you go into any of the dealers that we have, especially here in Arizona, is fifty nine ninety nine. 
Okay. Um, we have them on our website. We run them a little bit less on the website just because uh, of like shipping costs and stuff. We want to try to stay relatively close to our dealers uh, of 55. Okay, cool. So how long have you, uh, you said you've been in the goggle business now for? Uh, we've, we've been, we've been on the market for, uh, about two years, but with COVID we had a hard time like mm. with materials and stuff. So we kind of just used what inventory we had and we've really just kind of focused on racing, okay. um, and just kind of keeping the brand out on the market. And mm. then, uh, with COVID restrictions being lifted and stuff really earlier this year or earlier in, uh, 2001, we were able to kind of revamp everything readjust our color selection, mm -hmm. um, and then create some new partnerships and kind of make a, make a step to get outside of Arizona. Gotcha. Uh, one of which was, we actually were the, uh, goggle, uh, the goggle sponsor for, uh, AMA kicker arena cross this year. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was one thing that helped us kind of get out of, out of the state. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of been, to be honest, it's been kind of a lot quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, like it, we, we scaled it. It was like slow starting cause we kept it very local. Uh, we like sponsored a lot of local amateurs and just kind of like kept it local kind of almost like as like a weekend hobby kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but then once we had the opportunity to partner with, uh, with kicker or cycle city promotions um, and kind of go full scale is when we really, uh, and we had the backing and the recognition and just kind of, it worked out all, everything kind of the timing happened all at once. Mm -hmm. And so we're able to kind of quickly scale it um, and, uh, and bring it, you know, to what it is today. So Gotcha. That's cool. Yeah, that's really um, cool. Well, I mean, I don't want to <laughs> turn this into like a hour long uh, goggle ad for the people that are just listening to hang out. Um, yeah, I was but, gonna, yeah, I was, I was going to ask him another, uh, not a goggle well, question. Well, but, yeah, I've yeah. got one more goggle. Like, <laughs> I've got one more like question about the company, and then we can talk about like Supercross or something or whatever. Yeah. But uh, so, what's like the goal for you moving forward? Like, do you want to be like Jet Lawrence is wearing your goggles, or do you want to stick with more of the privateers, or like what's in 10 years, like, what do you want the company to look like? So that, that's a great question. So w when I started my shop, we, we our, our business name was actually Roost Motorsports and the product that we sell is Roost Goggles. Um, and I, even after closing the shop, I have kept the name Roost Motorsports because my goal in the next few years is to actually have an amateur team mm. uh, that we can sign amateurs to at all different uh, bike sizes um, and then be able to travel and support them uh, through, through an amateur team. So oh, that's my son's cool. one of them. Um, and so like, that's kind of our goal. Um, I mean, I, like I'm passionate about the, my, the brand and, and the product and goggles in general. Um, but mo like my passion for moto trumps that. So mm -hmm. that's, that's really why I want to use the product to build the team and then bring other, uh, other brands and manufacturers on board and mm -hmm. then use that, uh, you know, to keep growing it. Oh, that's super Sweet. neat. I like that. I do like that. That's kind of like why we started D Class Moto Podcast was just to reach the, reach the, the 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 private community who you know we can warrior type. But that is that's cool, man. Yeah, for sure. Well, cool. Let's we're like yeah, at I mean, twenty minutes. So so sorry. Do you have anything okay. else? Uh, I was just gonna say we can take a no, break. No, no, but no. I was just gonna say we can take a quick break. But if you got something else you want to add real quick, then go for it. No, I was just gonna say like I I. I think that as far as like the, you asked about like Jet Lawrence wearing them, like I'm not opposed to ever, you know, ever getting, um, our, a, a pro, especially on TV, um, or to Jet Lawrence's level of a pro. Um, but the way I look at that is whatever that would cost, I could help so many other privateers mm -hmm. that like, 
to me, the value would be helping those privateers mm-hmm. get to the, their next race, then, you know, be been then to pay for what it costs to have somebody in the limelight. Um, obviously there's not as much advertising value there, but well, that's where my passion's at. And I know that, that, that would be the right move for my company would be to do something like that instead. Well, that's gotcha. awesome. I Sweet. like it. Well, yeah, let's, let's take a quick break real quick. And then we'll, I want to ask yeah. you about kind of what's going on with the arena cross series. Uh, I know you, you had mentioned like doing some Loretta's qualifiers, uh, and stuff this past weekend, right? Yeah. So, we, so we can kind of get into that. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. We'll take a quick break real quick. Okay. And we'll, we'll be right back. Sweet. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, this is awesome. I like this. This is good stuff. We're learning. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> How long have you been growing your beard out, man? I got to know. <laughs> Dude, that's, it's so funny that you asked that. Cause I was, I, I sat down and I was like waiting for you guys to get on. And I'm like, I wonder what they're going to ask. And I'm like, I literally get so many comments on it. I was like, I bet the first thing they're going to say is something about my beard. Yeah. And then that was like one of the first questions that you, that you had. So. <laughs> oh man. Uh, to answer your question. I mean, I've had, I've had a long beard uh, pretty much since I got out of the army. So oh, cool, like, cool. I've never actually like figured out how long it takes to grow it out. But if I had to guess, I'd say I could, I could go probably close to this length in like eight weeks. Oh, wow. Jeez. Oh my gosh. You said you're in the army. Uh, are you 18 series? Uh, no. Sorry. 18 uh, series is like a uh, special forces. Uh, um, yeah. It's, there's a uh, honestly the qualification. Yeah. I mean, I was like, you, you look like a frog man. <laughs> so. I just, I don't have the hip, I don't have the hips and the knees for it anymore. So oh my gosh, don't even get me started on hips and knees. So you My said you destroyed. said you can grow that out in like eight weeks. So how long you Roughly, work, how yeah. long you been working on this, Hayden? About two years. Uh this is this has been a long, long time, <laughs> long time coming. Dude. Well, it it's funny. I mean, you're a Mercedes mechanic, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I was thinking about this the other day. Like I, I was uh I was a mechanic for a good year in Firestone before I ended up going and uh, becoming a service manager for both companies. Oh, cool. And I had a really short beard um, at the time. And I was thinking about it the other day and I'm like, I don't know if I would have had a beard this long working on cars, like mm-hmm. get a like, cotton belt or something. <laughs> of getting it caught, like, yeah. Getting yeah. A serpentine belt or like, you know, like crawling under the hood of something. Yeah. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just like, and then it gets dirty. Like even now, like I constantly like lean over and like, yep you know, touches something on the table or whatever. Like, I, I don't think I probably would have had a long beard, this long of a beard. Yeah. That would get kind of nasty. I mean, my use it like as a, a work towel. <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yo, like, yeah, you just like wipe off my hands real quick. <laughs> oh, my Lanta. Um, yeah, that, that is, that is very true. I mean, does anyone at your work have a long beard? Yeah, we have on cars. Uh, yeah, Jacob, Jacob has a long beard, but he went to detail. And so he's working with like, uh, buffer wheels that spin at like 1400 RPM. So I was going to say it's like an instant trimmer, but, um, I don't know. I mean, uh, I wish I could grow, um, that much facial hair. I mean, like, I, like Connor said, I've been growing this mustache and, and Dude, you know, I'm for, even, 
I'm even worse than Hayden. Yeah, right, dude. My okay. If my I know my dad's gonna watch this episode, so I'm gonna throw him some shade real quick because I got my dad's <laughs> genetics. Obviously, I didn't get my mom's beard genetics, but I honestly kind of feels like it though. <laughs> but um, my dad didn't get like a full beard until he was like 30, so I got like five years to go before I'll actually get like a beard. I'm like, dude, there's kids in my like middle school who had a freaking mustache by the time they went into high school. So I don't know what kind of genetics I got screwed over with, but that's that. Um, anyway, uh, also I'm, I'm keeping all, all this in there. So for the, for those watching, there probably was like a little black spot where I reset the camera. Oh, we're yeah. keeping all the beard talk in there for sure. <laughs> Good. Cause that's content. <laughs> oh, um, oh my gosh. So kind of give us, I, I'd like to kind of know your, a little bit of your life story, like how you got into moto and then like your transition, you said you went to the military, you were in the army. So, um, like what kind of conspired in from like moto to army to where you are? Yeah. So, um, it's funny that you mentioned fishing, which I think you do, um, you do oh, out, yeah. like, uh, outdoor videos and stuff, right? Yeah. And also everyone that we talk to somehow is into fishing. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of great. Like moto <laughs> well, community is like well, a, a cart, like a closet fishing community. <laughs> well, I, so originally I'm from Maine originally. Okay. Oh, wow. So what what I, part of Maine? What's that? What part of Maine? Well, I was born in Portland and then I lived like in the greater Portland area. Okay. Um, and then I, the last, uh, house that I owned in Maine was actually in Limerick, uh, on Lake Arrowhead, which is Ooh, the tournament dang. bass lake, dang. uh, in Maine, which was amazing. Oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah. That sounds awesome. <laughs> That's cool. I, I got to yeah. go to Portland, uh, probably two summers ago. One of my buddies got married up there and I had never been to Maine, oh, cool. never knew anything about it. I was like, Oh, it's probably just me. It's like, cold little state <laughs> and dude it was i mean you know it was like amazing what up there did you go when june. did you go it was in june okay yeah yeah june's oh. good so yeah i'm sure like if you go up there in like january it's probably kind of miserable but like it was like so cool yeah. and like we were seeing the lighthouses and mm. the um yeah. the hotel we stayed in was like 50 feet away from that ll bean store up in yeah. uh I, it was like a little bit north of portland i guess oh cool but it's freeport yeah yeah like that whole area like i was so like i had such low expectations for, <laughs> for what maine was gonna be and then we got there i was like whoa this is like incredible but yeah. anyway sorry i didn't mean to cut yeah. you off go go ahead with no, what okay. you're talking no, about. i wanted to bring up the part uh because you mentioned the fishing but yeah so i i uh i grew up in maine um but my wife's from arizona and uh in high school we we met at church and uh we started college and I decided college wasn't for me. Mm. Um, I, and as far as like moto goes, like I grew up riding, like in Maine, it's all woods riding though. Like oh wow, there was moto, but not even, not even like even close to what it is today. Like we had a couple of dealerships throughout the state, but like we didn't have independent shops. There's no moto shops. There's no suspension shops. Like Whoa. that wasn't a thing back when I was a kid. Um, and so I, I mostly just trail road. Um, we didn't even have like off-road racing. It was literally like moto or like you rode the power lines. Like that was it. <laughs> um, so I, I convinced my dad to get, uh, this was like, I don't know, late nineties. Like I convinced my dad to get a 93 CR Brady. And I was like, I want to race. Yeah. I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. Like I want to race. Um, I played hockey and stuff at the time, mm -hmm. but like, I was like, I'm going to race, you know? And, uh, I did it for two seasons. I was terrible. Um, <laughs> it, it was just like woods riding skills did not like compute to no. moto skills. Yeah. Um, especially like growing up on like, uh, trail, like XR eighties, XR one hundreds, like, and then to go to CR 80 for two, like literally a season 
and then just get completely smoked by like what now would be the super mini class. Mm-hmm. It was just not like, that was not my thing. Yeah. Um, but I loved everything about it. Like I loved like setting up our pit and I, like, I loved being there and I loved the atmosphere and mm-hmm. I loved like loved riding. I just wasn't, I wasn't super into it. And the other issue was like, I was really, really tall. Like I'm six, five. Oh, wow. And so even at like 13, I was really, really tall. Um, and I was just too big for the bike. And we actually talked to the promoter and, uh, they're like, yeah, if you want to run a four stroke, like we'll let you run a four stroke in the 85 class. This is way before like the 150 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and it just, it just didn't really work out for us. So, uh, back to, back to where I, I cut myself off. Um, after high school, I graduated, decided I want to try some stuff in the army and, uh, get some, uh, get some training and stuff. And I, I had a little bit of, uh, army time partially, uh, mostly reserve actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I was just in the service industry between Goodyear and Firestone in Maine, uh, at a couple of different locations. And then, uh, once I started having kids, I, my wife and I decided like, Hey, let's consider moving back to Arizona. Um, and I'm glad I did just, just from the moto standpoint, like now, now Maine has like a, a considerable, like they have, they actually have an AMA event now called the the main event, which racer X sponsors. Um, and there's more series and stuff, but like when I was growing up, it was like, you were lucky to have eight weeks of the summer where there was two tracks that didn't even op- have open practice. You literally just showed up on race day Wow. and you just, yeah, like that's all, that's all you got. And it was literally every other Sunday, they alternated back and forth. And then like, that was it. And then you were done. Um, and then you, and that was usually by like maybe early October. And then you were done again until like May, uh, like, cause winters are so long. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, and between, between like winters being long and the cost of living in Maine is just so high. Hmm. That's why we're like, let's go to Arizona. And, uh, so I came out here and, uh, took a job in the private sector, but still in the automotive industry and, um, did that for a little bit until I basically had enough money to say, all right, I'm going to do my own thing. And yeah, uh, that's where everything kind of took off. That is awesome. That's, that's a success story. If I've ever heard one, yeah, that's, that's quite the climate change too. You went, yeah, through. <laughs> yeah. You went from Maine to Arizona. Like we're, I was no. talking with somebody about like Death Valley and like, that's right next to Arizona, but like, um, holy cow, that is, yeah, that is quite the difference in, in so, climate change. Random, random question. So you said you met your wife at church, right? Yeah. How, so did, did she live, move up to Maine or how did, how did y'all get linked between that? Yeah, that's that's a distance. Yeah, so she, her, uh, I mean, she was still like high, at that time. She was high school age, and her dad got a job um, in Maine. So they literally just moved cross country mm. randomly. Um, and then her junior and senior year of high school, she what she did transferred, and uh, we didn't go to school together. But um, yeah, we just we they were looking for a church, and uh, we we met at church, and uh, yeah, a few years later, got married and had kids. So. Oh, that's an awesome yeah, story. Yeah, it was kind of it was very, it's very the, it's the dream, dude. I know the guys over here living the dream. <laughs> Where do I find me a freaking church girl? <laughs> like, dude. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> so, so how old are you now? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I just turned 34. Okay. okay. I'm starting to get to the age too, yeah. where I'm like, so I'm 27, but like now, like when people ask me, I'm like, how old are you? Like on the spot, I'm like, uh, uh <laughs> I'm 27. <laughs> I'm, I'm on my fingers. Like, wait a second. I got to start over. It gets worse once you're 30. Cause then you lose track even more. Or then oh, you start man. assuming like, I'm almost 32 or am I really 32 and I'm almost 33 like partway through the year, you'll start thinking like you're close to that age, but you're not that age yet. Hmm. And then you have the birthday and then you think you're the age 
next year. Yeah. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's a little interesting. Yeah. And once you have kids too, it's like, oh, like yeah. none of it forget. matters. Yeah, I was going to say, forget about I'm, your, I'm your kids' birthdays. Like, I'm old, I'm out of shape. Like, my yeah. joints hurt, you know, like, whether it's 30, 34, or 40, like, it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Like, True. It's all, it all feels the same. Um, so you said you had gone to a Loretta's qualifier this weekend, right? Yeah. How'd that yeah, go? We went to, uh, the one up in Mesquite, okay. um, at, uh, Mesquite. Yeah, man. Oh, it's, I guess it's technically Littlefield, Arizona, but it's right, like right next to Mesquite, uh, Nevada. Um, but yeah, it, dude, that, that is literally like one of, I would say it's like one of the top, our, our favorite tracks in the Southwest. Really? Just as far as like, as far as run the track layout in the dirt, like even though it's that like high desert, like Arizona, Nevada dirt, like it's, it literally is like corduroy. I mean, it really like hmm. it's, it, but it, it's off enough where like it gets ripped super deep. I mean, the corners are just as big at Mesquite as far as ruts go than they are at like Fox raceway. Cause we did regionals at Fox last year. Like hmm. it's, it's no different, but like, the qual- just the quality of the dirt is so nice. My son absolutely loves that track. Really? Oh, so so cool. uh, what size bikes your son on? So he he's seven years old. Um, he's, he's been on 50. the fifty. Um, but I uh, I don't want to bring up something too co- too controversial. But I know you guys. Hey, we're all uh, we're all about the controversial. Yeah, that that is all that's what we love. I know you guys talked with, uh, with Pierre about the e-bike stuff. Um, and my son right now is, is focusing all on the e-bike class okay. uh, because the MX sports changed the age bracket to one more year. Mm-hmm. Um, and he almost made it last year. So, uh, his trainer was like, dude, like if you give it one more year, like he's got a really good shot, um, you know, to make it. So we are like, all right, let's like, let's put the gas bike aside, uh, and just focus full time on the e-bike. It's funny too, because we actually, uh, AEO supports my son, which is one of the, the KTM gas gas dealers that's out here. Mm-hmm. And they had a 65 with his name on it at the dealer. And I came back from arena cross and I called him. I'm like, Hey, anyway, I can trade that for another e-bike. <laughs> I need, need a few more months. Um, so we, uh, we ended up getting another e-bike. Uh, so he's got two now that he's training on. So after whether he makes it to learners or not, like, whether that like at one point when he's done later this at the end of the summer, like we'll just go to 65s. Like we're not going to chase the seven to eight, like 50 CC yeah. age bracket for another year. Like I'd rather just get him more time on a clutch mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of set him up for a little bit more success later by instead of keeping him on the fifties for too long. I gotcha. That's so, cool. so how this weekend go, did y'all get the results you wanted or how, how'd that go? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, he qualified both. So this weekend was a dual qualifier. So Saturday was for the Midwest. Um, and then Sunday was for the Southwest. Um, and Saturday was kind of tough. Like the weather was really bad. It rained on, on and off. Um, and it was really, really windy. Um, but I mean, still, still qualified. Uh, I think it was top 10, uh, okay. which like it, it's hard. It's, it's kind of, we're, we're in a weird position where like locally, like, He's definitely, and I'm not trying to brag, but he's one of like the faster local kids. So we always kind of have a hard time, like leaving the state and figuring out like, Mm. Hey, what are our expectations? Right? Like, you know, if you're one, two or three at every local race, where are you going to be at, you know, a qualifier or arena cross or, you know, wherever we go on a, on a larger, on a larger stage, Mm -hmm. um, Sunday, he did a lot better. Um, he went fourth in the first moto out of like 23 kids. Um, Dang. and then he was r- battling for third and then crashed. 
uh, went back to like 16th and then made his way all the way up to ninth in the last lap and a half um, for a six overall. So still like still, still pretty good. Yeah. Completely solid. Um, yeah. So we'll see what that computes to at regionals. Like this is just the area qualifier. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll see, but he's qualified in both area, uh, both regions now. So we'll have two regional qualifiers coming up. Okay. Awesome. And so then after that, so you, you do the regionals Then if he qualifies that, then does that mean he's in? Well, yeah. Yeah. So the area is like the larger scale mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. It's open to anyone. And then you have to get through your area qualifier. Um, and then from, if you qualify within your area, cause I think they take like the top 12, uh, out of the area. And then those all go to the regional and then the regional is like the bigger race, like Fox raceway has the Southwest one. And then, uh, bunker Hill in, in Utah has the Midwest one. And then they take, I think it's top four out of there. And then from there you, you go to, you go straight to Loretta's from, from regionals. Okay. Oh, cool. That's cool. <laughs> well, hopefully it makes it, we will be there this year mm-hmm. watching. Obviously. Oh, cool. <laughs> we won't be competing <laughs> yeah. obviously, um, but <laughs> I it's, know, I mean, that's, I it's good. like an hour, uh, hour 15 from us. So we went last year for the first time. Oh, and cool. I'm sure you said you listened to our podcast. So I'm sure you heard the stories that we had from there. Uh, yeah, yeah. but it was, it was such a blast mm-hmm. and we're like, already super amped to go back. <laughs> I know we had just a taste of it when we went to the the woods race and I'm like, dude, Loretta's Loretta's like we're here. <laughs> it was know. weird too. Like, cause like we had seen it on the Saturday when it was like nuts. Yeah. And then we showed up at this woods race and after it was the, like a the flood that went through it. Yeah. The flood like, went through, which, uh, Oh Yeah. I yeah. forgot about the flood last year. Mm-hmm. It like yeah. destroyed. Oh yeah. It flat, almost like flattened the track. The track. Yeah. Yeah. So the, I think yeah. the whole track was underwater. Um, I was talking to Anthony about it this past week. We, we know a guy that kind of like, he's like the manager or something over there. He facilitates. Um, yeah. He's, he's the man over there. Um, but he, see, he is involved a lot with the track and he said the whole track was underwater. Um, and I think a barn got washed away. Mm. He said, um, but honestly, like it, that doesn't, I mean, it's, they're, they're easily going to have it, you know, ready for August. Um, but yeah, it was, it was weird seeing like on that Saturday, it was like nuts. And then we showed up and like, it was nuts where we were parking cause there were a bunch of people there, but then like the track is just like kind of over there. It's like a ghost town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, no banners, no, yeah, it's no really, markers or anything. It's just like a, a bear, track, somebody bu- somebody a bear track that. I mean, I, I don't think anyone's even ridden it since probably not since, uh, like that last Saturday. Hmm. So, um, but yeah, we're, we're super excited to, to go over there and ho- hopefully we'll see y'all there. Yeah. So what does uh, arena cross yeah. look like, um, for you guys? Uh, sorry, say that again. Like arena cross, like how does, how so are you, is like, that, so the series that? that you're involved with, is that like the, I know there's like a bunch of different types of arena cross series. Like there's one that's like we do, like they do in Kentucky that we probably are going to try out mm-hmm. like that we can ride in. And then there's like the one yeah. that like that I guess like Colt Nichols had ridden in and like all these other guys. So like wh- which one is that that you're involved with? So we we're 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 sponsoring the AMA Kicker Arena Cross. So that is like that's the one that like Kyle Peters just won the championship. Okay, that so that's like the top. Year. That's like the top level yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that I, I'm pretty sure that's the only one that actually gives number one plates out. Okay. Um, that, that for like a, like actual AMA plate. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there's a Hoosier one that a lot of the riders, uh, at least a lot of the pros, like kind of bounce back and forth depending on like location and stuff um 
but yeah, cycle city promotions is, is who puts that on. They, uh, they have kicker, uh, monster trucks as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's, and that's one that like that it is pros, uh, but they do have amateur racing throughout the night, but it is like, you have heats and qualifiers earlier in the day. Um, it's not just like open. So like they do kind of make sure that it's like the, the, the amateurs that at least cause it's televised as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like the amateurs that, you know, I don't want to sound mean, but like can get around the track and you know, like, they're not letting us out there. Like you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I, I mean, I like, I'm, I'm an advocate for like everyone try, like trying, like, you know, everyone should be able to try it. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, at, you know, at that level. And especially like one thing I didn't realize going into it that like, because it is such a high profile, like pro race that the track layout is, it's hardcore. Like it, yeah, they're, it's, like yeah, they don't dump full scale. anything down. Like some of the other, other ones, like, and we've done like arena style racing and like stuff like that. But like, this was full on, like super, well, not every location, but some of the locations had full on like super cross whoops wow. and finish like full, like 50, 60 foot finish line doubles. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it was, it was like we we and we like my son raced the the all the locations that we went to, mm-hmm. um, which we tried to pr- like do some stadium racing and arena cross training with his trainer and stuff like that. But it like it still once you get there, like it was we were not prepared. I mean, he still did really well, but like we were not prepared. I was thinking mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, like you'll totally hit finish line doubles by the end, like by the end of the series. Mm-hmm. No way, dude. Like it was, it was pretty intense. I mean, even like 65 and 85 classes, like I think there was one 65 rider that was able to do the finish line double. And I think, uh, most places it was like maybe two to five, 85 CC riders that were able Hmm. to hit the finish line double. But there there was, I would say three quarters of the big bike classers weren't even hitting the finish line doubles either. No really? kidding. So it was, I mean, it was pretty, oh, that's freaking pretty gnarly. Turning yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I've got a question about that electric bike. So, yeah. uh, yeah. what's like the power comparison between, so is, are, is, is that bike supposed to be comparable to the, like the KTM 50 two stroke? Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there are differences. Um, we've been, he's been on that bike for a year. Um, and we have the gas version of it as well for, we have gas gas. Um, there are some subtle differences, uh, as far as like the power and top speed and like that stuff, but like it's, it's that platform. So suspension, all that stuff. Um, and there are multiple settings on it for speed and power. Um, so at, at its max, um, it's, it's pretty, they would say it's pretty comparable. Um, we have, we have his, his re re geared, uh, but there's really not much you can do. Like there's no jetting Mm -hmm. or anything like there's no clutch adjustment, you know? So Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff you can't really do anything with. But, um, one of our friends has a company in, in, uh, Southern California that make, uh, sprockets and brackets and stuff for, um, the conversion for putting a larger sprockets on it. So mm. that's really all you can do, but it, it is pretty comparable. We do run locally. We do run and actually even for arena cross, they, they don't have an e-bike class yet. Uh, so they allowed him to run the open and seven to eight age bracket, uh, on the e-bike this year. Uh, so it's pretty comparable. Um, if anything, like I'd say a built Cobra, uh, motor is probably faster top speed, like top end wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
in general, it's, it's pretty close. Yeah. For the, for the level at which they're riding at it, it can compete. Oh yeah. 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 For sure. It's, I mean, there's been a few times where like, oh man, like we actually have both, we have two e-bikes and they're mm-hmm. set up with different gearing and different tire combos. So we kind of like look at the track and be like, all right, like, I think this bike could be better today or, you know, Saturday didn't go very well as far as traction and acceleration went. So we switched bikes for Sunday. Um, but yeah, like they're, they're, it's not like they're getting smoked or anything. Oh by yeah. Any yeah. Means. For yeah. Sure. Um, you know, I, I would, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that to my kid. Like <laughs> yeah. set him up for failure. Like, yeah. hey, like I really like, there's no maintenance on this. So <laughs> yeah. They're just like, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> as a dad, I, but I, I love it, dude. Like, honestly, I, like I was very against it when they first came out, mm. um, mm. you know, being from a mechanical background, I was like, I don't want anything that I can't work on or fix mm-hmm. or, you know, anything. Um, and then it's kind of a funny story. Last year at Mesquite, we went on his Cobra and, uh, the bike broke down on the first day of practice and oh, the Cobra no. dealer that was supposed to do trackside support never showed. Oh, and no. so we're like seven hours from home. I didn't have the parts to fix it. Nobody else had the parts to fix it. And just so happened our friends from Arizona called me and they were like, Hey, my wife's on her way up there. Do you want us to bring the e-bike and have Jackson try to double class on the e-bike? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like at this point, it's either that or we go home. Like Mm -hmm. we don't have a choice. So they brought it and, uh, day one, they had like, they conjoined it with like a local series. So it was like a couple days of like local. Uh Oh, I think we just lost you racing and then the last like day or two were like the qualifiers mm-hmm. and uh and then day two we went first overall and then the qualifier day went fifth overall and so i'm like well this is a borrowed bike not set it like we didn't set sag or it still had like the worn out maxis tires that come stock on it and so literally i wasn't even back to arizona and i was like calling dealerships like hey like do can, can you give me an e-bike and yeah. literally within 24 hours of being home we had a new e-bike in the garage and we just haven't looked back since wow Dang. that's pretty gnarly yeah um, let's take a quick break real quick. Cause we're like at 25 minutes yeah. and then, uh, we can wrap okay. up, we can wrap up with a couple more things. Sure. Sweet. Okay. Don't say anything funny while I'm resetting the camera. Uh, I was just getting ready to say something. No. <laughs> so what I was going to say before Connor, right, like, so we're, we're back. So anyway, <laughs> continue. So anyway, um, I, I just bought like, Mom, cover your ears, like $500 worth of parts uh, just for the engine alone on my, my 2125. And uh, um, I, I'm like so stoked and amped for it because like that's the thing being a, like a technician and stuff like that. I, I love just working on stuff. So I can't wait to rebuild that thing because uh, now hopefully, I know. Hopefully you know what you're doing. Cause so, that's, so today's Thursday. Parts mm-hmm. get here tomorrow. Yep. I'm gonna have that bike torn apart. I already, I already watched like the tutorials and like I have my my book. Plus, it's like a two we're stroke. To, we're supposed to ride on Sunday, so he's got to get this bike. It'll be dialed, my guy. I'll be, I'll be ripping. Yeah, yeah, on Sunday, dude. I'm telling you, I'm, you're riding on Sunday. Yes, sir. We'll be breaking that's that the, motor in all day the, I'm, Saturday. I'm riding on Sunday. We'll see if Hayden joins us. Yeah, right. <laughs> the whole day I'm breaking that motor in. I don't care what my neighbors say. Oh, I forgot you have to break it in. Yeah, you got to break it in. I bet you $10 the guy who built that motor before me did not break it in, but I'm just, that's speculation. I've heard, I've heard rumors that you don't really have to break it in. Do you know, is that true? It's just like heat cycles. Yeah. I mean, I, I always, whether it's my bike or when I had a shop, like customers bikes, like 
I would always heat cycle the bike at least a couple of times. Yeah. Um, and then just re, you know, recheck fluids and stuff. I mean, like, especially four stroke, like you got a water pump and stuff like that. So like, I, you know, I'd always, um, you know, double check, uh, you know, fluids and stuff after a couple of heat cycles. Sure. But dude, I can't tell you how many times I tell people like, Hey, for the next hour, like, you know, only, you know, three quarter throttle. And then I literally see them. What? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, me. Oh my out of the parking lot. And I'm like, yeah, there's no warranty on that one. Yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> In the parking lot. Yeah. You're walking back to the trailer. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. That is not going to fly. For sure. Yeah. That's hilarious. Um, so you kind of did work on your, on your son's bike for for like the longest i mean like you you wrench on like motors and and so stuff like that with with that uh electric bike like what all maintenance is required because like i'm assuming i mean there's still some things you have to do right like the like the fork seals at least no that's just your you gotta, yeah seals. you gotta lose yeah, the chain so, <laughs> yeah so the electric motors are actually really hard on chains so oh, we wow. go through chains pretty quickly really um and it like it literally has to be adjusted probably I'd say every ride or every other ride, hmm. um, just cause there's so much t- immediate torque on it. Um, and the motors will last longer having the chains within a certain tolerance as far as like the, the, hmm. their tension and stuff. Um, uh, but it's really just tires and chains. Wow. Um, and you know, occasionally like your occasional grip, you know, yep. grip change, uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, just charging it. We do have one, the one we got originally, we have had back to the dealer, which that's kind of like the downside is like, I'd rather just rip into something, fix it, and then, you know, be able to fix it again if it happens again. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything's plugged in, you know, t- to the dealer computer. And so, um, you know, I can't really do anything on it at all. So we've mm-hmm. had one that's like gone into limp mode because it has like an actual check engine light um, and it'll go into limp mode and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. we've had it back to the dealer a couple of times. I think that one, the motor is actually going to get replaced. Uh, KTM is going to replace the motor just because they they're not even really sure what happened as far as like why it keeps having this issue. Mm. Um, so that one's going to go back now that the qualifier this weekend's qualifier was over. Uh, we got to get it back to the dealer for them to replace it. But it's super easy, man. Like mm. it's really I'm sure it's you know making sure like, tire, like race day. It's literally just like chain tension and checking um, you know tire pressure. I mean, it does have like WP air forks and stuff on it, so. I occasionally check, you know, check the air pressure in the forks to make sure that they're where, you know, where we have it set up for them. But mm-hmm. it's super easy, man. There's, hmm. there's no oil changes. There's no like checking stuff. There's no like top oh, ends every 20 hours. Like, no, no air filters. <laughs> um, yeah. Does, yeah. does like the hours that you put on that bike, is that really that important or do they, they don't really even like monitor that much? So the, computer tracks that and the dealer like I, that's one thing i actually need to ask next time it's there find out how many hours are on it mm-hmm. um because I, I would just kind of like to know i think the issue that he's having with it is because it has so many hours mm-hmm. um and he's like not a beginner so he's riding it like relatively hard mm-hmm. um but it's not like hours where it's like oh top, like your top like we i mean when we were on ktms before um i mean we were we were putting rings on the on it like every 15 hours which i mean that that was like probably every three to four weeks i was putting rings in the bike just to keep it fresh um but yeah like none of that stuff matters i mean it's literally all battery and computer based so yeah and none of that really matters gotcha yeah i would assume that like i mean like 
like now, like when I buy a bike, like what, however many hours are on it is like kind of an important part of the sale. But I feel like with those electric bikes, I mean, I'm sure you'd still want to know, but it's probably not like as, yeah. as much of a de- deterrent to have a high hour electric bike. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, I right. guess, I guess those batteries do eventually go though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The batteries can go, but they have, they have the gas gas is a year and a half warranty on the battery. And then KTM I think is two years. So you can, you can get that replaced, um, under dealer warranty, uh, which is pr- pretty much like the only thing covered under any type of motorsport when warranty really, mm. um, and, and they'll, they'll cover the whole thing, the motor and the battery. So, mm. um, I mean, if you had any issues within that time frame, then it's all all covered, anyways. I, I mean, I, I personally like I would be hesitant to buy a year or two old e bike that had the original, you know, battery and motor because it is new technology, right? So yeah, like, there there isn't a ton of you know they can only R and D so much. They like they're not putting a million hours on them and know that they're going to fail at you know they have a fail rate at you know whatever percent at however many hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I'd be a little hesitant to buy something that you know maybe a year or two old without knowing. Um, but I mean, it's not, it's not like, you know, the KTM two fifties where you're like, okay, like 60 hours, like I'm waiting for the bottom end to go, you know, and then like, do you buy that or do you not buy that? Or do you buy it and assume that you're going to have to do the bottom end soon or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. So, um, I, I got no complaints, man. I mean, other than having to charge it and like, that's the thing is so on full, full power, the charge time is like, or the, the, uh, runtime is like 35 to 40 minutes of consistent ride. Like mm-hmm. if he goes out on the main track and he's just ripping the whole time, it's a 35 minute like charge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it takes 45 minutes to an hour to charge again, to okay. recharge. Dang, that's um, not bad at all. So that's why we yeah. have two. No, it really isn't. But that's why we have two. So that, that way, like when he's working with his trainer, he can like all, you know, jump back and forth between the bikes, like as they're charging. Oh, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. He doesn't have any downtime in between. Has yeah. there has there ever been an issue with like when you go to a track there's not a place to charge it because I feel like the tracks that we go to yeah for us at least if, I mean maybe it's different out there where, where we go like I don't know if there's any power outlets around where I'm parking my car no I I bring generators everywhere okay, okay. so I so I've it's still technically gas powered <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's a delayed gas power yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, that's funny. But yeah, no, none of our track like uh, Motoland doesn't have have outlet power. Uh, Arizona Cycle Park does, uh, but it's like designated for like event sponsors and stuff. So like it's locked up and and mm-hmm. covered. Like you can't just like go plug in. But like oh my phone's dead. Like mm-hmm. go charge it on a race day. Now Mesquite yeah. they do have. They Mesquite actually has hookups for your RV for water and power. Hmm. Um, they've got a bunch of that there. That's cool. Um, which if we go, we, we stayed in a hotel this weekend, but if we go back with a motorhome, like we'll probably just do that. And that way we don't have to run generators and mm-hmm. stuff all weekend or drive seven hours with full tanks of water in the motorhome. So, yeah. So do you think that within the next few years, a lot more of these tracks are going to have like power outlets available for people? Or do you think that it's still pretty far out? I, I don't know. I mean, I've heard a lot of, uh, I guess hearsay as far as like people, especially with the big bikes, like with the Stark Varg and stuff like that, like people are saying, Oh yeah, like bike, you know, tracks should have charging stations and whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, 
my philosophy is like when you go to the track, you got to be self-sufficient anyways. Like you can't, yeah. you can't expect the track to supply any, like anything really. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my, my concern with that is then like, especially with the e-bikes, like say a few years from now, there is an e-bike class that it, I mean, there are e-bikes classes, but say it's a stacked class and there's 25 or 30 bikes. Like after your moto, everyone's going to be lined up at the, at the charging, like the e-bike charging station, <laughs> yeah. you know, trying to charge the stuff. So, um, I mean, I think in general, like I know Motoland's intention is to actually have power and power hookups and stuff like that. Um, but I don't foresee it being something that nationally tracks are going to start adopting like Tesla charge stations or anything like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, maybe, you know, 50 years from now, if there's an actual, like, you know, series that has, you know, a class for that. And like, there's teams that are based around an e-bike and, you know, stuff like that, there might be something, but I mean, the grassroots part of racing is like, go out in the middle of nowhere with your motorhome or with your truck and trailer. And like, you know, you drag your super loud Harbor freight generator out and you set it, you know, 50 feet from your truck and you just, you know, mm-hmm. use that to run your lights or whatever it is you're going to run. Like, I think that's very far from what the sport's going to, or at least where it, it's at now. Um, so I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it'll go that direction any, anytime soon, at least. Mm. That's yeah, that good input. Sense. Yeah. I mean, why would you want to rely on a track to supply what you need to race? Well, also too, like at least the tracks around here, like I mean, people don't really get into owning a track to make money off of it. So it's not like they're like, Oh, we've got all this extra money. Let's put in a bunch of power outlets and pay for power for people. Mm-hmm. So like, right. and especially as someone that, does not ride an electric bike. If they have any extra money, I would hope they would put it into the track and not yeah. into electrical yeah. power for other people, which maybe that's a selfish <laughs> thing to say, but I don't know. I'd rather have good no, dirt I, than good I, electricity. I like even as an e-bike parent, like I'd rather say like, Hey, take that money and like, you know, fix your dozer or, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. get another water truck or, you know, whatever. Um, and, and like, I'll like, re- I'll rely on myself for, you know, Cause I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, like it's our choice to buy an e-bike, like, mm-hmm. right. Like we, I, mm-hmm. you know, I could just take him, you know, he has a gas bike too. Like we, I could just take him to the track on the gas bike and then we don't have, you know, any need other than a gas can. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would rather just say like, Hey, you put that money into the track and, or, you know, into your facility. Um, you know, you, know, you do have the occasional facility that charges a lot of money and then doesn't even up keep their track. That's a completely different, you know, a completely different situation, but mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'll, t- I'll take, I'll take care of my situation. The track can keep the money and, you know, make sure that they, you know, put on, they have the money to put on good events and, you know, maintain the facility and stuff like that. Yeah. I like that for sure. I like that. Um, well, cool. I mean, honestly, we're getting pretty close to wrapping up We're almost at an hour. Um, one, one sure. question that I had kind of like, I guess this would be a good place to like end it. Um, for like privateers and people that you're, you obviously have like a passion for helping support privateers. Um, do yeah. you, do you guys have like an application or like a place where people can go to, to find like sponsorships with Roost goggles? Yeah. So, um, really just through our website, we've got a contact page, uh, in a, in a roost rider page, not every single rider that we support is on that page. Mm-hmm. Um, but ones that we have a consistent, you know, good relationship with, um, but yeah, just go onto our website and send a race resume um, not just your name and that you want to be sponsored, but an actual, like, you know, mm-hmm. what you're doing, um, you know, type of, uh, a race resume. 
Um, and yeah, just, just send it in and it'll, it, it'll go to me. Um, I'm the one that runs like our website and social media and stuff. So, um, it'll go to me and, um, we'll take a look and, and go from there. Um, we do have, uh, some stuff in the works for, uh, we did just bring on a pro, uh, arena cross pro, uh, midway through the season, who is an outdoor pro, pro sport. So he's doing like the Loretta qualifiers for like this pro, pro sport classes and stuff like that, um, that we sponsor. And then we've got a few other, uh, hopefully, hopefully we actually have a handful of kids that are going to go to Loretta's this year and then hopefully get their pro licenses after. So hmm. hopefully that relationship will continue, uh, into the privateer ranks as well. But yeah, I mean, we, and we don't put a cap on like, Oh, we're only going to do X amount of riders this year or whatever. Like we literally will, you know, support as many, as many riders as we can. And, mm-hmm. you know, based off of your program and what your goals are, um, that's the big thing for us is that we don't just blanket, like throw out a discount code and call it sponsorship and, you know, exp- and try to get as many people on board as possible. We want to make sure that the, the, the kids or riders that we do work with, you know, have the same goals and the same, um, you know, uh, drive that we have, uh, in that, cause we consider them, you know, part of our team and part of our family. So, uh, when we do that, we want to make sure that, you know, everyone's on the same page. So mm, that's cool. Well, sweet. Um, yeah. and I guess, so for people that are on, so like we're in Tennessee, uh, I guess like online would be the place to buy your goggles, right? But right now, yeah, our goal later this year is, is to get into, um, we have a, a few contacts with some distributors that we'd like to get, uh, get on board with so that you can get it through your normal, like I don't say who, but like online distributor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and we, we have been working on getting outside of Arizona, uh, to have dealerships and stuff carrying them, but really, I mean, shipping so quick now that like we can get most of the Midwest in, in two days. So, mm-hmm. um, that's really the, you know, the best place. And the thing is like, I, I like when people order from us right now, because it's either me or one of, one of my, my teammates that are, actually packaging things up and sending stuff out. We're always like throwing extra stuff in the boxes just to kind of like, you know, show that mm-hmm. we we value our customers. Yeah, so yeah. Um, at this point, I kind of like the fact that it's more work for me sending out, you know, packages every week, but, um, but it kind of gives that, that personal touch that, you know, and everything uh, we have, everything uh, stocked um, at, actually at, at my house right now, but we actually physically inspect everything and package it ourselves not just the box, but like even the goggles mm-hmm. before they go into the goggle bag, before they go into the box, like we, we do all that by hand uh, so that there's like zero chance of, you know, any manufacturer defects mm-hmm. or, you know, any accidental scratch of a lens. And that's what you get shipped. Um, Cause that's just the, you know, the care that we, that we want to put into it and, you know, have that, that value. And, you know, people know that we, we care about what you're going to get. So. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's great quality. That's what we like to see. Well, sweet. Well, yeah. yeah thank, we thanks for coming on. Uh, and it yeah. was it was awesome. Uh, I'm sure we could talk for hours. And <laughs> yeah. hours. I was going to ask you what your Supercross picks were, but I feel like because we've been asking people that the past few episodes, but it, I yeah. feel like I feel like by this point, I mean, <laughs> kind of already know who who's got. I mean, do you do well, you have do you have anything besides uh, Eli Jet and Christian Craig? <laughs> so, no, I mean. My like, it depends on if you want, if I like, I, if I was going to make picks based off of like statistics, then like, I think you said everything that needs to be said. Yeah. Um, but I like, I'm not, I like, I'm not a huge Eli fan. Um, I think that he's 
this year he's been consistent, but for some reason I like have a personal issue with somebody who's so talented and so fast, but so inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And that the year that he like broke the belt on his pants and then got the number one play and then lost it again, you know, like that inconsistency. I just feel like there's not a lot of longevity there. Like obviously this year, I like, I got to give it to him. Like, yeah, I think I he's know, got, he's got something figured out a little bit better this year. I think. Yeah. Well, right. Right. Like th- this year there, it, there's no disputing it. I, in my opinion, like he is consistently like the, mm-hmm. the guy to beat. I yeah. think um, I actually saw something today that he has zero passes against him this season. Whoa. Really? That's crazy. So, like that Rocky, is, yeah. So Rocky, so Rocky mountain fantasy, I think that was, that was, might've been where it was. And I don't remember exactly, but Rocky mountain fantasy was, uh, they have like the the positive or negative pass numbers for riders. Mm-hmm. And so the other day when I listened, Anderson was like negative two or something like that. But I saw something on Instagram today that, that uh, Tomac has zero passes against him this season. Damn. So even if he's not getting the best start, he's moving up and then not losing positions. Or if he is, he's making them back up. So he's about like a balanced flat line zero. Wow. Um, which is pretty impressive. Like yeah. that's, you know, that is really I, impressive. It's funny. I, I, I was hoping you're going to bring Supercross up because I remember even you guys shared the Roxon thing. Yeah. And, so <laughs> and then he got dropped I, out. I, I wanted to, to re, I just wanted to revisit that real quick because mm. obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. he's announced whatever. I don't even know what he really announced. Yeah. But that was such was a like, weird I thought the the press release was very strange. Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like I'm 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 gonna take a break from Supercross until I get like fully healed. So don't really it, know. It reminded me of when Stewart kind of like when James, mm-hmm. not Malcolm, obviously when James like slowly took himself out of the scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they had that year of like very incons like inconsistent. Like he was at some races, he wasn't. He crashed back and forth, back and forth. And it was just like it, it, the same thing. Like it wasn't, a, it wasn't a, like, well, I'm going to retire. And I mm-hmm. feel like that's kind of like what they did with rocks. And it was like, they left the door open to have that conversation of retiring. But also if you, if he doesn't retire, then it's not like he's coming out of retirement. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they, it was very vague. Yeah. Um, it was, it was I'm weird how, like, sorry, go ahead. No, I don't go ahead. I just thought it was weird how like in it, like Honda kind of like almost like paid their respects to him. Like, like they kind of like reminisce like down like their history and stuff. And like, hmm. that's like, I feel like that's something that a company does when they're parting ways. But I also heard right. that Kenny was saying that he still feels like he owes a championship to Honda. So yeah. And whether or not he can even produce that at his age and skill level right now. I mean, it's, it's weird. It, it makes sense th- that they came out with that he's kind of dealing with a few different kind of illnesses all piled up together because obviously he's yeah. got the natural talent and the speed. I mean, he showed it at round one, mm-hmm. but it's honestly like, it's kind of like sad to see like how he, he definitely has the speed and the talent to get there. He just like, I don't know what's going on this season, but yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I would hate I, to. I would I, hate for him to go out this way. Yes, yeah, um, seriously, me too. Because I also, I mean, I hated the way that James Stewart left the industry too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but 
I think Roxon will make another push. Like, I don't think he's done, Mm -hmm. but I think it'll be like James where he comes back and then he's like, Oh, I don't have it anymore. At least not at this level. Cause I mean, dude, look at, look at last year and this year at how much of a jump that like Eli took and Anderson, like Anderson Mm -hmm. was like maybe top 10 rider last year. And then all of a sudden he comes like on a new team Mm -hmm. and he's like, I'm just going to do my own thing. And then all of a sudden, like you have like, I think it was 18 when he won the, the championship for Supergrass. Like that's who that's who's back this year. Like yeah, that yeah. version of him. Yeah, it, like he looks super smooth. Mm-hmm. He you know he has that like that style that untucked shirt style. Like mm-hmm. I'm just gonna let yeah. it hang out and just just the throttle and hang on and have fun. Like you know, and then not to mention Mookie. Like yeah, he went from you know like I don't I don't know what I mean, but like a B class rider yeah. to like literally battling for podiums every like consistently mm-hmm. so if he's not, I, like i don't think boxing would be able to come back even if he just said like i'll come back next year like i don't think there's enough training in the world to fix his body to in mind to be able to come back mm-hmm. and be at the level that you know assuming tomac wins a championship and doesn't retire which that's a whole different conversation mm-hmm. or you know if 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 uh anderson re-signs you know or because i think his i think his was just a one-year deal right uh, I don't know. With Cowie, I think it was. Uh, I would assume that if it is, and I would assume you would want to resign. Yeah. Uh, well, right after, yeah, I mean, and they would want to resign him. I mean, yeah. with Cincerillo having all kinds of injuries, and then their two fifty guys being, I mean, they're relatively consistent now, but you know, previously, yeah, like, crash why wouldn't you resign him? So I, I just don't. It's sad to see, but I just don't see him like coming back and making a push and mm. being in that top, like the position to win a championship. You know, it'd be different if he was like, oh, I want to be like Reed or a K-Dub and be like, oh, you know, I'm going to do a million, you know, mm-hmm. a million years of racing and mm-hmm. moto and, you know, like, you know, set records that way, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's what Kenny it. wants to do, though. I no, think yeah. if, if he's not no. winning, if he's not, you know, In seeing an option to win, then I don't think he would want to be out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I agree. So do you think that if if he does come back, which I'm hoping he does, is that going to be on a Honda or do you think that? that'll be on a different bike? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I think, I mean, I think it's not a matter of if he's good enough for Honda. I think the question is who would Honda sign? Mm-hmm. Well, so, so here's, here's one thing to consider. I heard that Ken Roxon, so his contract with Honda is up this year, but he has one more year on his Red Bull deal, which okay. basically means he could only either be at Honda or go to KTM. And I heard a rumor, which like, this might have been like from some dumb person on TikTok, but I, I I heard someone mention the idea of Kenny and Cooper Webb swapping with how, you know, Whoa. Cooper Webb hasn't been quite as happy as he was last year. So like, who knows if that's just like completely out there, but I mean, it, it at least makes sense for the Red Bull thing. And for, you know, I'm sure Kenny and Cooper Webb are both looking at, Oh, well, look at Eli Tomac and Jason Anderson. They both switched brands and it revolutionized mm-hmm. their riding. So like, I don't know. What, what do you think about that? Is that, yeah. I, I don't know, man. I like that's, I haven't heard that. And I, I would be surprised. I mean, so whether Kenny thinks he can win a, win a, win a championship or not, he's definitely at the end of his career. Right. Yeah. So I mean, Webb's Webb's won championships for KTM. So if I, I mean, and I'm not Roger DeCoster, but if I was Roger DeCoster, like, why would I give up somebody who's given us championships for somebody who hasn't 
proven mm. that they can do what it takes to make a championship. Yeah, but what if it's not? I mean, if, what if it's not Roger DeCoster's decision? What if Cooper Webb's like, "I'm unhappy with this new bike. I don't want to be here anymore." Well, I so that's a great question. I think that I don't know, man. I don't like. Hmm. I don't. I don't know either. <laughs> Marv signed a two-year deal, right? With mm-hmm. uh, with indoor only, right? So that's not like they could move him out because mm-hmm. that would be when you, when you said the Red Bull thing, I was immediately thinking that it would be when Marv leaves, mm-hmm. they would give it that, you know, they would give it to Kenny. But I mean, with Marv having this year and one more year, then I can't imagine Kenny's going to wait two years yeah. to come back. Yeah. That'd yeah. Be so, too much time. I, yeah. I don't know, man. Like that's, I don't know. I, I think a lot of like, I think a lot, it's funny. Cause I think a lot, like pro like Kawasaki spends too much time grooming their amateur or grooming their up and coming riders. And it does like, they put too much like weight into that program where other pro like, uh, like I think Max Volans like the first one to really come on as like that junior two fifty rider. Mm-hmm. Well, and Pierce, Pierce Brown did it with gas gas, but like, I think teams need to start focusing on building their program and looking at what they can build for the future instead of, Hey, who's going to win us a championship today mm-hmm. because guys leave or guys get injured or, mm-hmm. you know, like there's too much inconsistency. I think in, in the pile, you know, the days of like Ricky Carmichael being with a brand for four to five years and then saying, okay, well I'll finally leave. Like guys are jumping around wherever yeah. they can, which mm-hmm. I understand they're taking a, taking rides. Cause you, I mean, you have to, right? Like, they're the, the top 20, like the top 20 guys are all fast guys. Like mm-hmm. there there's, there's no one that doesn't deserve to be in that top 20. So you've got to take whatever ride you can get, but I, I don't know. I, I think, I think T especially KTM should start grooming max and maybe another rider to take those four fifty spots in the next few years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And look at championships in the future instead of like, who like who can we negotiate for today yeah for sure well cool well we're like right getting close to that 30 minute mark <laughs> so that camera is right. about to go off but uh yeah but yeah appreciate you coming on it's, it's been awesome to talk yeah. to you and uh well, yeah, we'll have thanks to... guys no it's been, it's been great yeah appreciate it uh well cool well that's uh colin from roost goggles y'all go check him out at what roostgoggles.com is that what they go to uh, roostmotorsports.com roostmotorsports.com go check them out it looks like sounds like they got some sweet stuff so yeah definitely um, well sweet see y'all see y'all next time alright see ya sweet oh my gosh perfect timing oh, wow the garage door just opened <laughs> who who got here yo Josh did it again yeah <laughs>